You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you're smiling. Hey you, bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly, crack a smile. John DiGregorio from Movie Loves Unite, and I just want to go on ahead and say thank you to everyone that's been supporting me over the year for doing my movie news podcast, doing my movie page and everything. I just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's been supporting me, and not only that, but I just want to go on ahead and mention my friend who actually does uh, some promotions and stuff like that, and if you're actually looking for a digital marketer, I strongly recommend that you check out my friend Alexander. And matter of fact, he's actually on Fiverr, and it's Alexander650650. And like I said, he does a good job with digital marketing. He also ends up doing your cover art and everything else for your podcast as well. And he just now started doing that and everything, and he does a fantastic job at that. Let me just tell you that. And, you know, like I said, he's good at social marketing, and he's also has a team to actually help him with his podcast hosts to achieve their goals. And his team has professionally digital marketers, content blog, writers, and graphic designers. And they will help you to take your podcast to another level by producing attractive cover art, like I mentioned, and a touch of professional podcast promotion service. Feel free to ask any questions that you may have. Go on ahead, check them out on Fiverr, and it's Alexander650650, and tell them, do me a favor, if you guys are listening to this, if you guys are podcasters, if you guys want someone to actually help you out with your podcast, make sure that you tell him that Movie Lovers Unite actually sent you, and as always, until next time, bye-bye. Oh yeah, one more thing before I actually sign off, and that is the fact, if you guys want to donate towards the show, you guys don't have to at all. But if you guys choose to, it will be greatly appreciated. And here's the thing. You go to buymeacoffee.com slash unite, and you can donate me a cup of coffee. And do- cup of coffee actually means dollars. And you can actually donate me five cups of coffee, ten cups of coffee, or whatever you want me to actually have to actually control my caffeine intake. You guys can go on ahead and freely go on ahead and do that and everything. And it will be great- greatly appreciated. What it does is it actually helps with keeping the lights on. For Movie Loves Unite, it actually helps with doing giveaways whenever I actually have a chance to actually do digital movie giveaways. It helps with actually having me actually having better podcasting equipment and stuff like that. So go on ahead, donate to me if you feel like it. If you don't, that's okay too. I understand this whole entire pandemic actually has the world upside down right now, and you guys can't do it. I totally get it, but. Anyways, I hope everybody enjoys their night, and always until next time, bye-bye.
Hey, John, how are you today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Apparently, breathing is important, so sorry for the, for the lateness of uh, my presence. It's okay. I want you to breathe, so. Yeah, but without breathing, we can't do podcasting, right? Exactly. That's why I said I want you to breathe. I need you to breathe, so I'm glad that you're okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to go and introduce the show, and then introduce you, and then we'll go on ahead and do our subject for the night. Aye, aye, Captain. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show for today's podcast. I actually have Frenchie Louis Monet with me tonight. Oh, wow. You fucked that up. How many times have you introduced me? (laughs) Monet. Monet. No, no. Louis the Frenchie, not Frenchie the Louis. Well, okay. I got it ass backwards. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, it's Louis the Frenchie Monet. 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 I'm going to flip a table, John. Don't flip the table. I promise. I'll make it up to you next time. And everything. I don't want to be cleaning up that shit whenever you um, make a mess and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm not your maid. Uh, I'm <laughs> buying you a, a plane ticket just to be able to to pick up the things I flipped, uh, John. Okay, but buy me a drink after. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll buy you a case of Guinness. Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> so we're actually going to be doing our top ten. Guilty pleasures. And by the way, I just wanted to talk about this for a minute. To make us say bonjour. <laughs> bonjour. <laughs> oh, no, uh, uh, say to Tamika, I responded back. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, in case you don't understand the references, go back and watch last night's episode. That was a, a lot of fun. So. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that, that, that was a lot of crazy, a lot of fun, I, I, <laughs> and very interesting points we made too yesterday. So <clears throat> definitely agree with you. Check it out if you haven't. Oh, for sure. Okay, so we're doing our top ten guilty pleasure movies, and yeah. so I'm gonna let you open it up. All right, I have no clue if anyone else on the planet knows this movie. Uh, this may I was like freaking fourteen. So, you know, immature idiot. Um, never did drugs and everything, but it, this movie appealed to me. And the filmmaker, the person who created this movie, basically has, you know, the humor and the sensibility of a five-year-old on crack and uh, and weed. <laughs> uh, and this movie is Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Oh, I actually know that movie. As a matter of fact, the visual effects person that I actually interviewed... He loves that movie. I fucking love this movie, man. It is so absurdly <laughs> stupid. But the concept, if you think about it, he takes very old, stu- not stupid, very old, kind of weird kung fu movies and dubs his voice over and, you know, inserts himself into scenes uh, that, you know, he's not there originally and makes his own movie. So he, he, he basically... Um, uh, Voltron did uh, a bit, you know, uh, just took uh, parts of like the older stuff, but did not follow at all the the, the storyline, and it's just absolutely ridiculous and stupid and very bad visual effects, and yet it works. If you're high, you know you need a good <laughs> laugh, and uh, you are. You, you, this has been a. This has been a serious day, uh, and you, you, you need a bit of levity. Uh, definitely watch this movie. All right. I remember actually uh, seeing this movie or 
and everything back when I was in high school and everything. So I remember all my friends geeking out over it and talking about this movie. It it, it didn't stuck with you? It stuck with me and everything because of the memories that I actually had. My Mm. favorite part was the cow scene. That was probably my... (laughs) I know, my officiation with animals for some period of reason between mice, which is rodents, and... and... (laughs) Were Were you an animal in a past life, John? I might have been. Then again, I think I might have been a stoner in another life, though, but I'd never done any type of weed before. So I well, think maybe in a past life, I might have been a stoner. Well, well in that case, here goes your solution. Um, if you're not a stoner in a past life and you want stoner like animals, you are a sloth. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it just that actually makes sense. It stares at things for hours on end. It's a stoner. That actually, that, you know what? That actually probably fits me perfectly. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. It's perfectly fine, man. I, I will. Hey, nothing wrong with a little joking. <laughs> a little, good lord. <laughs> True. We have a whole load of them. But uh, my other, okay, this is my number ten, mm-hmm. and that is "Blast from the Past" with Brandon Fraser. Oh yes, I actually watch. It's funny. I watched it recently. For me, it's not a guilty pleasure. I really get why it's not a good movie, but it, I, I kind of didn't put it in the guilty pleasure category. You see, I put it in there because not that many people have actually heard about it, but it didn't get that many good reviews mm. or anything like that either. But it's also underrated, and I like introducing mm. people to movies that they might not have seen or heard before. Mm. And in case anybody doesn't know what this movie's about, this play this movie takes place in the 1950s or 60s when they thought that there was going to be this huge atomic bomb that was going to go off. And so Christopher Walken and his wife ends up making a bomb shelter. So what they do is they go on ahead, they take shelter because they think this big bomb is about to drop. And so they his wife's also pregnant. Well, all of a sudden, as years go by, you actually see the events that is actually happening taking place above them. And they go all the way up into 1996. At that time, Brandon Fraser is actually an adult trying to uh, mm. find a home for them. Yeah. So it's actually pretty funny. I love how he goes around that 1950s or 60s uh, sports coat. He's acting yeah. like everything's all honky dory. <laughs> and, and, and when he met a black person for the first time, an American African, he was all freaked out. And like, it seems so racist for a person, but he was generally happy to see her. It's like, this is my first colored person. It's uh, it, 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 There's moments about this movie that really makes me smile because uh, Brent Fraser played so well the innocent do-gooder of the 50s the the <laughs> nuclear fam- a family child you know that grew up uh and he fits into a tetsi walking is freaking walking i mean this guy should be you know if ever he passes away we should at least keep his neurological mapping uh in computers and generate him as uh as a ai in movies uh because you need to keep walking uh, he he always stands out in the movie. Uh, uh, go ahead, most sorry. Definitely. No, most definitely. And then also, too, Alicia Silverstone's in this film, which I had a huge crush on her back in 96. True, yeah. Clueless, right? And, yeah. 
she she was hot in that movie. But <laughs> but you know, I love the chemistry, the back and forth between them, and then her trying to understand him, and he's like, "Okay, this guy's a weirdo." <laughs> <laughs> But I also and, like, too, he has a self-discipline where he wants to respect women. Mm. Which, and we live in the 1996 world at that time where, well, men still, some men don't respect women the way they should. But I like how he beats the shit out of this one guy for disrespecting her. Yeah. And and also him just learning how the world works, the things we take for granted. I always remember the scene uh, in the bus. He does not know how to, like, how to stop the bus. So he kept asking, like, stop the bus, stop the bus. So many times that the person next to him yelled, stop the bus. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it went of the little things that we take for granted. But, like, if you really put someone who hasn't lived in our, you know, settings for 30 years, it'd be very difficult to, to figure out how life works, you know? Right. And then also, too, let's talk about something else, though. This is also on the peak of Rob Zombie as well. So you actually have a little bit of Rob Zombie music going on in this mm. film, too. Mm-hmm. So, I love geeking out over that because I'm a huge Rob Zombie fan. Yeah, uh, White Zombie or Rob Zombie? What what one do you prefer? I like both, to be honest with you. But if I okay. had to pick one, I would have to go with White Zombie. But... Okay, you're a purist. Yeah. All right. Rob Zombie for the win for me. Okay. All right. So... Um, anything else you want to add on Blast from the Past? Uh, no, that's going to be it. So what's your number nine? All right. This might be a sacrilegious. Um, I put this perspective as guilty pleasure uh, in the hindsight of if ever I showed this to my daughter when she's older, it would be a guilty pleasure if she likes it. Because at the time, probably was kick ass. It was so cool to see. But in today's day and age, it's campy. It's slightly silly. But enjoyable as hell, and that is Teenage Mutant Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh man, you're talking about my childhood. Yeah, <laughs> I love TMNT. Uh, what's what stood out for you on some of that stuff? Because I'm gonna go into mine in a few minutes, but I want to actually hear yours. Just the 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 turtles themselves. Uh, for animatronics of that those times, yes, it's cheesy. But I still, I don't watch it and go like, I this is not tolerable. How how can I like this when I was younger, right? It's still so cool. And it, it created its own genre, not genre, but its own feel. Uh, the bad guy, uh, Shredder, is so cheesy, so corny. But the essential, you know, he's the bad guy, you know. Um, I love April O'Neil. That's my crush. Uh, I love that girl in that movie. Um, Casey Jones, was uh, a, an interesting character when I was younger. Didn't really get him, appreciate him afterwards. It's not one single thing that stood out to me for this movie. It's the whole, right? Just the first one. Second, third, for me, don't exist. Just the first one as a whole. Every time I start it, I always finish it. I can't, like, watch it halfway. I can't just watch 20 minutes and fall asleep. I know if I put Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in bed... <laughs> trying to sleep i'm still gonna watch it next you know it's freaking three o'clock in the morning i'm like i have to work you know and it's not it's a campy movie so for me if i'm able not able to shut it off but it's not that good of a movie it's a guilty guilty pleasure movie for me most definitely and i remember going to the movie theaters to see this film 
you know? And I mm, remember really? just being, yes, I remember as a kid just being psyched up and everything. I got to see my favorite turtles kicking ass for the very first time on the screen. And I also grew up on the cartoons and mm. also had the action figures to go with it. I was like a childhood dream come true. It was like me going to see the X-Men for the very first time in 2000. That's mm. how it was for me as a kid. And who's your favorite turtle? It would actually be uh, Leonardo. All right. Why Leonardo? Because he's a leader. I've, and I've always been taught as a kid to be a leader and not a follower. And to think for myself, stand out on my own, and everything, too. So, Leonardo always was the one that actually stood out for me. Don't get me wrong. I love Michelangelo and everything. But for me, I love Leonardo. What about for um, you? I, me and names. Uh, the Yeah, this looks bad. <sighs> uh, the, 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 the geek Donatello? One. Donatello. Donatello. How'd you know? How'd you know, John? Are you reading my mind? <laughs> yeah, I'm in your mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're synced up. All right. No, stop sending me your images of tacos. I'm not hungry, John. Well, damn. <laughs> I thought you might actually enjoy that. Let me go in here and give you Madonna from the 90s naked in, in her biography book. You're horny, aren't you, John? <laughs> Well, you said something else, so I thought I would actually give you something else to look forward to. Was it, 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 but accidentally, you send me a mental image of you on the side, like a Titanic style, with just nothing on but a, like a sheet. So you, you did not do your job. You just sent me the wrong image, John. Thank you. I'm sorry. I had a virus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So uh, that being said, yeah, I've, I, I'm always been a, a geek at heart. I, um, I'm not always been like a bronze, and although I'm not a small guy, uh, I my brain is my weapon personally, and I can relate a lot more to, to that character. Oh, for sure. I can actually see why, though. I mean, I love technology now more than when I was a, when I was a kid. Though, as a kid, I was just all over with uh, Leonardo being a leader and stuff like that where I wanted to be lead, but, you know, as time went on, I think I'm a little bit more like Donatello now than I am Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, but it's not who we, who we uh, see ourselves in, right? It's our favorites. Right. So you might see yourself with Donatello, but, you know, you you, you do love and, and look up to another one. There's nothing wrong with that, John. No, nothing at all. All right, uh, so what's your number eight, sir? Well... I'm going to go uh, with numbers, Surf Ninjas. Uh, uh, number nine, sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to go with Surf Ninjas. Never seen it. What? <laughs> this movie is so cheesy. It has the dude from TMNT, the Secret of the Ooze, the piece of delivery guy is in it. That was precise. <laughs> well... Anyways, at the very beginning, well, you said that that second movie doesn't exist, so I'm not going to even paint the picture. <laughs> but this movie is so campy, but it's about these kids who's from China who winds up... Leslie Nielsen's actually in this movie, though, as the hmm. villain. Hmm. And basically, they're trying to escape. They're little and everything. So they're escaping from China to get away from Leslie Nielsen. And they go on ahead. They move to California. And now it's present day California. 
Rob Schneider's in this film, playing as mm. a teenager. They all love surfing, of course, and also has uh, one of the. It also has a rapper in this movie too. Uh, the guy who sings "Funky," uh, you know who I'm talking about, "Funky My Madea" or something like that. Can't think of it. Yeah, you lost me, bro. Um, but, okay, so you're describing a bit what, but what? So far, it sounds terrible. Okay, uh, what <laughs> makes it guilty pleasure? But what makes it good? Terrible. Okay, so I remember going to see this film and just laughing my ass off with my friends. And like I said, it's campy. It's very campy. Rob Schneider doesn't even surf. That's the funny thing. They're just, he's just their, their friend and everything. But he goes, yeah, I'm just going to go on ahead and wax my surfboard. I'll be out there in a couple of hours. And there's like a, a little joke between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to go surf or anything like that. And then as they're going back, coming back out a couple of hours later, he's trying to go back in, going into the ocean. And he goes, where are you guys going? I was just about to come over there. No, you weren't. We're going home. Mm. But anyways, uh, their father winds up getting kidnapped from Leslie uh, Nielsen. So now it's up to them to rescue their father in China. And Rob Schneider, now this is the funny part that made me laugh with Rob Schneider, though. Because the police officer comes over there to check on them, and Rob Schneider is in a wheelchair, and he's like, don't make me come down there and break my foot in your ass. And he's over there just uh, waving his leg like it's broken and everything, like a war veteran Hmm. (laughs) and everything. But it's just Rob Schneider being Rob Schneider, you know? That's how he's pretty much in every movie. Right. (laughs) But another thing, too... Remember the old Sega, the handheld, the Game Gear? Yeah. The kid in this film, who's actually a, one of the Surf Ninjas, actually has a Sega uh, Game Gear in his hand playing it. But it's then, but it's like in real time. It's dealing with them and in, in their uh, characters. They're actually avatars. And he's actually using uh, this, this, uh, the storyline and everything to actually play as the video game kind of deal. Wow, that's, that sounds bad, man. That wow. <laughs> okay, the, uh, I'm gonna have to check the trailer and probably cringe. Uh, in <laughs> excitement, cringe. But, uh, but yeah, okay. I've never heard of it. Uh, sounds absolutely terrible, and probably a good watch when I'm gonna be really too stoned. It's uh, good. Right. It's good high. <laughs> all right. So uh, on to my number eight. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. I've seen this movie in the theaters. Uh, it was only me and my best friend. No one else went to see this movie. Uh, and you went to see Geely, didn't you? No, please. <laughs> I had respect for you. This is who you think I am. All right. Um, no, no, I, I, we were alone. I actually, my I actually love this movie so much. I actually rented the DVD and my parents had to watch it. And I think my dad uh, was questioning life at, at a certain point. And that movie would be SpongeBob the movie. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't go see this film. Okay. So. Uh, w- w- one reason, and you cannot deny, sir. Uh, you can't. You, you can maybe say, "Ah, not for me," or you can maybe say, "I've never seen it." 
but you can't deny that it's an awesome movie for one particular reason. And what's that it, reason? The Hasselhoff is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, I realized, when <laughs> yeah, when I realized the Hasselhoff is there to save the day, and SpongeBob is swimming. It can be carried on the Hasselhoff. My mind got blown. Uh, and uh, there's something about the humor. Uh, I always like Nickelodeon types. Uh, SpongeBob always loved. Um, even though I, I was a, l- a little bit older than the target audience, you know, uh, it kind of shows uh, my mental capacity sometimes. Um, so, but it, 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 I loved it. We wanted to see in the cinema and we laughed so loud, me and my best friend, because no one was there and we didn't give a fuck. Uh, and it's you know one one of those uh, movie showings that there's so no one the guy projecting movies probably smoking a doobie because right. no one will notice. Yeah, that was how empty it was. And Damn. I I love the humor. I love Plankton is such a ridiculous concept of a villain. Hell, just SpongeBob itself. It's a sea sponge with <laughs> pants. <laughs> It makes so no sense as a base. The fact that he got his own movie says so much about it. And now coming out exclusively in Canada, because uh, U.S. sucks with COVID right now, sorry. Uh, so they're not yes, taking a chance. Um, it's the new SpongeBob movie is coming out very soon, only in Canada. And um, I'm probably going to go see it. And I don't give a shit. And you know what? I might actually just go see it because Keanu Reeves is in it. Hey, hey, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, John. It's not Keanu Reeves. Tamika's going to have to correct you again. It's Kiki. I know. <laughs> it's Kiki, John. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tamika. If you're listening to this, I did not mean to discriminate against your boyfriend. It is Kiki. I am so sorry. <laughs> B- boyfriend? But, yeah. No, no. Yeah. Future husband and only husband. That's true. Shame on me again. I need to go on ahead and punch myself in a corner. <laughs> you know, and and but, be careful if you do it again. Kiki's gonna probably go with John Wick on your ass. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want John Wick on my ass. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I just want to say, SpongeBob is not for me. But having Kano in it or Kiki, I would, I would go see it. <laughs> Um, would you really go see it for probably what is 10 seconds or up to max a minute and a half of the movie? Would you endure all that just for the floating head of Keanu Reeves? Well, my question is this. How long was uh, Hasselhoff in the film? Good point. I I, I retract. (laughs) I retract. But I actually like Spongebob to begin with. You're probably going to just want to bury your head in the popcorn thing and hope you choke. Maybe. That that might be me over there. All right. What's your number eight, mister? Okay. So my number eight would actually have to be Dodgeball. Oh, yes. <laughs> this movie yeah. is so good. <laughs> and everything. I'm, I mean, I can actually watch this movie like over and over again. Especially the comedic time in between Ben Stiller and Ben Spawn. And if anybody doesn't hasn't checked this movie out, you guys need to. Oh. Remember, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. 
yeah, it's it's such an it's when those kind of movies, the slightly absurd Zoolander stuff like that, were actually really hitting it and almost to a summit that hasn't been seen uh, in today's day and age for that kind of movie. There's something so ridiculous but so enticing about probably the less known sport else in curling in the world, which is dodgeball. Um, have you ever seen dodgeball on TV? Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I have. Well, I haven't. So please retract what you said because my now my statement made no sense. Because but... <laughs> during, well, during, get this, dodgeball on TV didn't originate until this movie. They actually started trying to do dodgeball as a sport at one time. Did it work? No, it okay. didn't work. <laughs> um, but that, and that's the thing. It, it, it's so ridiculous in nature, you know? Like, you, now you make it serious. It's like, okay. But uh, the villain is awesome. Will Ferrell is like, you, only Will Ferrell can play those kind of, like, villains. You mean Ben Stiller? Uh, ben, yes, Ben Stiller. Yeah. Wow. Uh, only Ben Stiller can do that kind of, like, villain, you know? Um, that kind of character that's so over the top that so it's it's easy to, to to make it ridiculous, but he takes it so seriously that you kind of believe that this is a real character, and there's probably a jerk like this that exists in the world, you know. Uh, and the ragtag aspect of it, the um, the you know the bad news bears of dodgeball, right, and. This is another thing that I really... There's a lot of quotes that I like with this film. Like, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Oh, God. <laughs> and everything. I'm like... And Ben Stiller is this so angry and everything. Mm. And taking it so personal and everything in this film. And it, that, like you said, that's what makes it work. That's what makes it funny. And and, and that's why I really hope when they, they're not going to go on a Zoolander route. Just don't, don't do a sequel. Don't touch it. Don't ruin the first one. Uh, let it be and uh, be on its own because it is a cult classic favorite for a reason. But if you try to ex- extend um, the, the envelope, push the envelope, uh, use Zoolander as an example. It does not work. No, it doesn't. After so many years. And everything, I feel like they just need to go in ahead and say, you know what, we had fun with this one film. It's just gonna be a one and done film, and that's it. Like, like do dart dodge. You know, use uh, darts that you play in, on um, to throw darts, right? And <laughs> invent a new sport that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, hell, uh, what's that uh, that movie? Frisbee ball? Um... Disc disc golf? Or no, not disc golf. No, it's the basketball one. Is it the one where they're on the donkey and they're having to shoot? There's, there's actually a, a don- where you can actually be on a donkey and play basketball. No, okay, I'm, I might be confusing two movies, and um, I never thought you, you, you would ever put the phrase, uh, the words donkey and shooting a basketball in the same, same phrase. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm. Yeah, I'm thinking. No, it's frisbee baseball. Okay. I forgot I never, the name of the movie. But I'm just gonna go and tell them what the plot is about real quick, and then we'll go on. Oh yeah, my your, bad. That's okay. Then we'll go on ahead and talk about the number. Your number seven. 
Yeah. But it's about this guy named Joe. Joe is just running into this bunch of financial problems with his gym. And so he figures out that there's actually a dodgeball tournament that he actually wants to compete in. And he, and so happens to be Ben Stiller is, has the number one gym right now. So next thing you know, Ben Stiller finds out that Joe's going to try and compete in dodgeball. And now is this ultimate Joe versus this other gym for, and everything on who can, who's the better gym to actually mm. go to. So that's actually the ridiculousness of this film. Yeah, and like it, again, you said like it, it goes, it follows a bit the the classic sports route. You see the training montage montages, but again, it, it's not like your typical sport training montage. It's really like absurd, stupid Dodger wrench stuff. Or uh, what are training montage? Like I don't remember certain things. There's uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Well, what are then- other stuff they did uh, training wise? Training wise, they they actually jogged. They they uh, were throwing wrenches at each other. It was a bunch of craziness. I don't, I don't. You don't really remember, remember. Okay. No. I was gonna say we're in the same boat here. Okay, you 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 mainly remember the wrench because it was in the trailer and probably laughed you uh, made you laugh out loud because that's why I remember the wrench scene. That and also to my friend Adrian actually wrote a whole entire essay in college on why uh, they should make dodgeball a sport. <laughs> and they used this as a way of actually saying that dodgeball should be a sport because of this movie. Did he pass his masters or? <laughs> he actually, uh, he actually didn't finish college. <laughs> Okay, uh, enough said. Uh, I'm not gonna push uh, push that conversation a little further. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it, it, and that and the teams. It, it, I love that. Like, there's the different villain teams, like the rivals, right? And it it almost felt like they're trying to. Um, you remember in the old SNES days, Super Nintendo? There's these like volley uh, volleyball games. Yeah. Yeah, and they had like these different characters, and like there's teams, right? And there's like almost like a team, um, an actual like uh, thematic to every teams. That's how it kind of felt, you know. And I absolutely loved it. Uh, the costumes were awesome, uh, and some. I'm sorry, we, we cannot talk about this movie and not mention Ben Stiller's awesome hair. Oh yeah, that that hair was actually pretty awesome. Let's also talk about his goatee as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like, <laughs> hello, porn star. How you doing? Right, the handlebar. <laughs> Stop it, John. Stop it before it's too late. <laughs> but let me tell you one of my favorite quotes, though, too, that he actually says, "I get it. You caught the scent of a lesser stag in your nostrils." Oh God! Pity. I'll let your little. I'll let you have your little moment, Lefleur, because after, <laughs> after this tournament. Your gym, your life, and your gal are going to be mine to be continued. <laughs> oh, Ben's there. All right. Uh, I'll say, do, you have, do you have anything else to, to the no. add? Or we can dodge our way to another uh, movie. <laughs> Go ahead and dodge your way into another movie. All right. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to do a game uh, on this one. Okay. I'm going to try to explain you a bit 
like my thoughts and and certain things, and I, you have to try to guess what the fuck I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, this movie is a typical 2000s movie. Uh, it's n- not what you would typically typically think. I would absolutely love. Uh, keep in mind that I was raised as Jehovah's Witness, so when I was early on, I could not watch violent things and everything, so I was resorted to more Disney stuff, but also to more girl stuff, too. And the story of uh, transformation and um, being the ugly duckling that I thought I was and, and you know, seeing myself in the character and the character actually finds, uh, you know, he or herself... Uh, really touched me. So what is the movie? So it's a video game movie that came out in the 2000s, right? Not at all. Okay. Okay, so tell me what it is. I I, I don't know. Okay, I'll, I'll give you one other hint. Okay. Uh, it actually uh, it is a Disney movie, and it actually uh, produced a sequel. Hmm. Was it? Well, it's not record Ralph. That came out. No, it's not animated. It's real life. Real life, and it grew in a, a sequel. Hmm, you got my mind puzzling here. It's not the flight of the navigator because I didn't even get a sequel. But again, girl targeted, right? Right. You know what? I give up. Prince's Diaries. You know what? I actually watched that too. I love that movie. That man. was I, good. <laughs> I don't care. I do not care what people think. I, I, I'm I'm proud and loud about it. Um, to be honest, I have and a bit less to, to to this day, but especially when I was younger, yo, I had the biggest crush, the biggest crush on her. Uh, Anna Hathaway, mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm a sucker for doughy big eyes, right? And and a nice smile. And boy, did she have it. Um, and the whole, you know, ugly duckling story, the whole, you know, being very awkward. I'm an awkward kid, man. Like, if there's a way for me to hit something, to be a hit something and accidentally because that thing got hit, hit something else and then opens their fridge and then all the, like, food falls on the ground, it's me. Uh, and that's where I, I kind of like saw myself in that character. And even though it was targeted for girls, I, I took gender out of it and I just saw the character and how, you know, it related to me and made me feel good. So I absolutely love this movie. The sequel, well, yeah, okay. But, um, and, oh man, what's her name? The Queen, uh, the Queen of Sokovia. Oh. Not Ellen Marin. Um, uh, Mary Poppins here. Hello. Oh, I know who you're talking about. God. I haven't seen that movie in ages, though. Uh, let me see. Mary Poppins. Who can search first? Wow, I wrote Mary Popping. Um, (laughs) Julie Andrews. Yep, I was about to say. Ah, Beat (laughs) you. All right, yeah, uh, Julia, like, she's such a classy woman, man. So graceful. You can really, like, her, her her character, her performance, that actress is believable. She could be a queen, you know? And you cannot, Definitely. like, um, 
cannot like contradict that fact. Um, any thoughts about the movie on your side? I remember uh, in youth and in, uh, in the Baptist church, us doing a fundraiser to raise money for our next youth trip. And we actually had to stay up all night doing a rockathon where we sit in a rocking chair back and forth and rocked all night. And people actually donated us maybe five ten dollars towards our trip for rocking so many hours. And mm. we actually watched this movie. And I remember this this was my first time watching it. And I winded up loving it. And Yeah, it, it's charming. Surprisingly charming, right? Right. And I was also a sucker for the geekish kind of girl next door kind of thing where, you know, she had this big, huge, puffy hair and everything. Mm. And I remember just falling, like, it was like watching Julia Roberts being transformed from a younger age type of thing. Mm. That's what I got out of it, like, from Pretty Woman and everything. Yeah. And going and again, if you haven't um, didn't know, me and John did a uh, episode that's going to be coming out pretty soon about his life and everything. Uh, but yeah, um, it kind of relates to what we're talking uh, in that episode. He used to be a very like you know recluse per- person. Right. You don't communication wasn't you know your forte, and that kind of character had that right that, that, that geeky. Um, that geeky person that you know never thought they could transform, but needed a situation. You know, in your case, this podcast, yeah. her apparently is having a kingdom, a lucky her, right? Uh, but it's the transformation aspect as well for you, exactly. And that's why I can actually relate to her too, because of that whole entire awkwardness. Like, like I told you in the one on one that we've done, too. And this is also going back to what you said if something gets knocked down and you knock that sign down or something, my face will actually get red in the face to the point where I'll like, I'll walk off or mm. crowded areas. I'll walk off. <laughs> mm. So yeah, I was definitely that kid. <laughs> so I can definitely relate to that. All right. So you're number seven, John. Star trip troopers. Hell the freak. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, it's funny. Yeah. Huh? Oh, sorry. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. This movie is fun. I remember this giant wall that they built and these starship troopers are just blowing away aliens and everything. And they look like roaches. They don't even look like aliens, if you actually think about it. They look like oversized roaches (laughs) that they're actually killing. Mm. But it worked for its time and it came into a cult classic. I, I really had a lot of fun watching this movie. Yeah, and I mean like I remember uh, when I was younger, I was hating it at first. The first an hour and a half, it was boring. I mean, it was it, it was very. It almost felt like it was partly written by the people who did the uh, pilot episode for the Power Rangers movie, uh, Power Ranger uh, shows. Right. Very bad, like um, you know, side characters. Very stereotypical, and, and really stupid, raunchy rumor, humor. Right. Right. But when the action starts, it's so jarring for for like uh, compared to like the very zany, stupid humor, almost comedy at first with a bit of like army stuff. The bam, you got blood and guts. Bam, a main character dies. Like the one of the love interests dies horribly, like horribly. 
and it shocks you and it's it's enticing it's a war movie and it's serious the drastic change in tone really marked me same here as well like it goes from being raunchy like a raunchy paint by the numbers kind of comedy type of deal that they do and then it turns into the sci-fi movie that you actually came to go see amen and i loved it i mean i can i really do appreciate this film for what it is and if not, if this movie came on tonight i'd be watching the hell out of it <laughs> oh it's um i think i i think i have it on crave for the the canadian version for hbo max oh nice yeah actually my you're actually making me uh, maybe uh, want to listen to it now <laughs> let me know if you do i want to hear your opinions on it after you watch it again well, I've seen it maybe like six months ago, and again, the same thing. It's like I really don't like the first half, but I stick to it because I know what's coming, you know? Right. I got you. So what would be your number six? All right. Um, should I? No, I'm not going to do the game for this one. Uh, it is – okay, give you the backdrop of the story. I wanted to see a movie. I forgot which one it was. I definitely want to see a movie. It was like Family Night Out. Um, and my mom wanted to see a movie. My dad wanted to see the same movie as me. So we decided to do a double feature. Uh, and um, we actually started with uh, my movie and then went to see her, her movie. And I know all the way like through like walking from one uh, room to the other, I was doing my kid. You know, oh, I don't want to see this movie. It looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And ended up like going out of Kate and Leopold. Oh, um, wow. I actually liked it more than my mom did. That's great, though. I'm glad that you actually had an experience like that because sometimes you go in and you don't know what to expect. And you, to me, I believe this is my opinion. I believe if you have if you're like underwhelmed to go see a movie and enhances your experience. And I actually had that happen to me a couple of times, mm. but go on, tell me what, tell me what you liked about Kate and Luke Leopold. Well, uh, it, it's the initial, um, uh, market it, it put on me, right? Because, uh, I did not know anything for me. It was like, Oh, lovey dovey romance comedy, which it is technically, but I did not know Hugh Jackman, uh, I still uh, wasn't, you know, uh, conscious enough of how hot Meg Ryan was in this movie back in the day. Uh, so I was like, ah, fuck it. But the time travel aspect, I was not expecting a time travel movie. I was not expecting this story about out of fish, uh, fish out of water, right? The concept of having someone that lived in the, you know, 1700s, 1800s and being forced to understand how today's day and age works. The whole bit about uh, when, um, uh, what's his name? Give me a second here. Uh, uh, Leif Schreiber at the beginning uh, is like secretly taking photos uh, of the erection of the bridge. And he kept saying erection of the bridge. He keeps laughing, <laughs> right? Uh, it's like those little things like, you know, today's day and age, it means something else. Right. I have very intelligent humor, the chemistry was believable, honestly, in my opinion. And um, also Bre- uh, Breckenmeyer, uh, who plays Charlie McKay, 
Uh, he's not like a lovable, dewy, like innocent guy that wants to get the girl, but can never because he doesn't have enough courage. And you, Dragman, helps him with the girl and everything. So for me, I saw myself a lot into that character because that was the same. And at the same time, it was just a cool movie. I love it so much. I actually bought the director's edition, which actually adds uh, a different time plot uh, and twist. So it actually makes the movie completely different. And um, what they change is Kate actually appears in the beginning of the movie. Uh, and uh, so that means she was already in the past. So it creates this like time loop, which actually changes a bit everything because they, they always repeat the, the 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 love. It's like a never ending love, right? And which was not in the original uh, theater version. So useless movie facts. You're welcome. I like that. I matter of fact, I haven't even seen Kate. I haven't even seen that movie before. Uh, it, it, if you want something lighthearted. You want a, you know, you want to please the girlfriend, or you know, just uh, no one's around, and you're like, ah, okay, let's watch this. Uh, give it a go. All right, I'll definitely put that in my pantheon of movies to try and watch with my girlfriend. Right, uh, but uh, do you know the plot of the movie? I know it's about time travel. I know that it's in 16th or 15th century. Uh, no, it's a bit later than that. I think, okay. I think it's, uh, it's like mid-1718 okay. when things are, were starting to be um, more industrialized in New York. Uh, and yeah, but the actual main plot is uh, this: uh, the character of Leo Schreber actually finds a wormhole to be able to uh, go back in a, s- a specific point in time. So he does. Then um, he actually catches the attention of Hugh Jackman's uh, character and by accident Hugh Jackman actually travels to the future with Leif Trevor. The big hick is uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, character Leopold is actually the one who invented the elevator so because him being in a future elevators doesn't exist and Leif Schreber's character falls down the non-existent he- uh, elevator so Hugh Jackman's character is left alone trying to deal with the modern world and not understanding what the fuck is going on. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, I'm going to check this out <laughs> and everything. I'll let you know what I think about that whenever I watch it. It's, it's pretty fun, man. Okay. So, okay, I'm going to give you a hint as to what mine is. My number right. six. We all love going to the movies. We all love action films, especially in the 90s and stuff like that. And we also love eating our popcorn, not taking things seriously. We love Mel Gibson, Arnold movies, Sylvester Stallone movies, and stuff like that. So, this is about a kid who goes to a movie theater to watch his favorite action movie with his favorite action star in it. And then he gets sucked into his world. Do you know which movie Uh, I'm talking about? Give me a second. I'm just going to check something. Last Action Hero? Yep. Yeah, baby. I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the movie, but but something clicked in my head that it made sense to me. I love this movie. I mean, yeah, it's cheesy. Yes, it's filled with one-liners. And 
I I love this movie because it actually it's actually us in the theater geeking out at our favorite action stars, just be, watching the ridiculousness of the stuff that they do, mm. and that's what redefines us. This is why I love this. It represents us as movie fans going to see your favorite movie. How bad is Arnold in this movie? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. It's it's bad. <laughs> like <laughs> he even plays himself in the movie too. Like when he okay. gets sucked into our world, he actually plays himself on the premiere night, and Jack Slater Arnold runs into real Arnold. Nice. I'm not even gonna try and do the Arnold impression because I can't do it. Well, uh, <laughs> it's like no, that's that's alone. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but no one can do it like Christian Harloff though. But um, but this movie is filled with one-liners, of course. What else I like is the soundtrack. You have ACDC on this soundtrack for the hard rock aspect of it. Uh. And, you know, whenever the kid gets actually sucked into his world, there's actually a, the song from, there's a song from ACDC that's playing, and there's actually a dynamite that's in his car. And Arnold's like, hey, get that thing and let me see it. So he goes on ahead, he throws it at the thing, next thing you know, throws it at the person behind him, and next thing you know, the guy uh, winds up, the car winds up exploding with the dynamite inside of it. With the bomb inside of it. And... Wow, oh man. Yeah, and the kid is also trying to persuade him, saying, look, you're in a movie. You're not in real life. You are a movie. He goes, I like going to movies. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds such like a typical '90s Arnold movie. Yeah. Bad, and yet we still talk about it thirty something odd years after. Right? Oh, you want to know something else? They actually go what? to a blockbusters in the movie in in this movie. Oh wow! And get this: Arnold is not playing uh, Terminator. You want to know who's Terminator in his world? Who? Sylvester Stallone. Oh God! <laughs> Which would make sense. Alternate right. universe, Mister Stallone. Like, yeah, that would make sense. And also have the action figures for this movie. Oh my God! Okay, you're that you're that into it. Okay. Yeah, I was that into it as a kid, and I also had the Burger King cup that you can actually. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah. When I go, uh, I always go full out on movies. <laughs> I always get the uh, stuff that goes with the movie and all that stuff. But yeah. Emma, I, I can't blame you. It, it's, again, it's Arnold, right? There's something right. about his charm that even though he now he's a lot better, he, he's done dramatic things too. So he really improved in his chops. But the early 90s, um, you know, Arnold is bad. And yet... It's so endearing and it's so, he has such a charisma that it works in its own way, right? Right. All right. So, uh, my next movie, unless you have other things to talk about, the. Uh... No, that's it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you one clue. Okay. It's the car. The chicks dig the car. Okay. Are we talking about The Fast and the Furious? No. The chicks dig the car. I know that line. I know that line. The the, the chicks dig the car. Oh, I I can actually picture the character and everything. 
I don't know. Oh, uh, gone in 60 seconds? Nah. Batman Forever. Okay. Okay, tell me what tell me why you love this one. I'm curious. Jim Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, uh the campiness. Like look, the fourth one, I hate. I hate, please God. Ugh. It, it, it has its own charm, but eh. But this one, man, I actually really watched it recently, still love it. It's the cheesiest, campiest, stupidest Batman. Except for the fourth one again. And yet it makes me giggle. I love it. The henchmen makes no sense. Like, again, where do the villains find that many henchmen? You know, how much are they getting paid? <laughs> uh, and like the whole absurd, like, the moments, like, the, the henchmen have, like, these, like, uh, Tommy guns. And they're, like, for some odd reasons, there's lights attached to them. Like right? glow there's lights. No, right. Yeah, there's no use for glow lights. You know, like, why would you put a glow light? But Schumacher, <laughs> Schumacher decided, like, look, I want twirling glow lights on the Tommy guns to make it look less menacing. I don't know. But it's ridiculous. And Robin is too old. <laughs> And like it's it, it makes no sense, and yet the whole brain box, Jim Carrey, uh, it, it's not the best movie. I shouldn't like it as much as I do, but I'm not ashamed to say I do. You see, I like I like aspects of Batman Forever, to be honest with you, and I also like the soundtrack. I actually bought the soundtrack on cassette. Kiss from a rose. <laughs> Ooh, you got a <laughs> But yeah, I love the soundtrack for this. But not only that, but during that time, this is like the third film out of the Batman franchise, and they had to change things around because of the fact that kids were supposedly scared of the Happy Meals from the Tim Burton. Batman Returns stuff, so they're like, you know what? We have to make this thing kid-friendly. So, I got ideas. Let's go ahead and make glow sticks. <laughs> and hey, yeah. And again, you know, like, glow sticks, everything was neon, right? Right. Um, like, the, you remember at one point uh, before he became Robin, he wanted to take on some thugs, and there's like these punks with, like, glowing green hair and, like, mm-hmm. this day-to-dead makeup, and you're like, but why like th- th- this makes no sense but it gave it style right it's it, it, this movie is so the one with the most unique style over the top uh flashing your eyes yes but uh one thing i don't know if you knew uh the there's a actually a really big history with uh with the batmobile uh, this is something I, I've seen by watching. Yes, I, I have time to kill. And my girlfriend is is very sad sometimes. I watch those kind of things. But I actually watch the one hour and a half special documentary about Batmobiles in every movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an expert. <laughs> no, I just... You know, I'm just have, joking. But... Not, not an expert, but, you know, I, I'm a geek. Okay. And the design of the car is actually originated... Uh, from uh, uh, Geiger, the one who designed uh, Alien. Oh, really? That's actually pretty yeah, interesting. If, if you look into the, the the body design, like the engine design, if you really look closely, you can actually um, actually see the inspiration that um, the the influence Geiger had. Because originally, in the original concepts, uh, 
it was almost like a spider-like, bat-like um, vehicle that every uh, wheel had its own like attachment. It was like almost distorted. And instead of doing that with the wheels, they just like brought everything compacted in and it made that like weird twirling um, messed up pattern inside. And that's because of Geiger. Oh, wow. And not only that, but if you actually look at the bat wing, it does resemble some type of alien type of flavor to it, though, too. Yeah, like the type of black. It was like the, the, the color of, of the black. And yeah, and like a rib cage thing. And yeah, I know for sure it's, uh, it, it's a very unique uh, and very underappreciated uh, Batmobile, personally. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun little fact that most people don't know unless you spend an actual an hour and a half of your time about Batmobile documentaries. <laughs> You see, though, I like learning something new about that. And I like that Batmobile, by the way. Um, Also, too, I also like Jim Carrey in this film. Oh, yeah. Your brain in a box. (laughs) And let's see what's behind door number one. (laughs) It was perfect. The the only thing I didn't like was Two-Face. When I was younger, I didn't really mind because I didn't really understand Two-Face. But now, hindsight, knowing who really Two Face is, yeah, okay. You can definitely they tell. Yeah, they should have stuck with just Riddler. It would have worked, right? Right. But yeah, it's it's the one of the biggest downfalls for me. It's not the perfect movie, but if there's something I would change, just take him out. I agree. And another thing too is you can definitely tell Tommy Lee Jones was trying to compete with Jim Carrey. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it doesn't work. Jim, it, it, Tommy Lee Jones is not a funny guy, if you actually think about it. Yeah, he, he's the contrary of bubbly. He's that old guy yelling at people to get off his lawn with two shotguns. Right. <laughs> he's Clint Eastwood's uh, next-door neighbor. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Not, not just next-door neighbor. It's Clint Eastwood's um, checkers play, uh, teammate, right? Yeah. He plays checkers sort of <laughs> on Sundays in the coffee shop, and they don't talk. They just grump. I can see that. <laughs> so, let's see here. So, for my number five, I've actually got Beverly Hills Cop 3. Never seen one Beverly Hills Cop. Don't die, John. Don't die. It's okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm holding your hand mentally. Never seen it. What? You're going to have to watch it. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. I'm not a big Eddie Murphy fan. Okay. I, hey, I didn't grow up with him. Let's just say that. Okay. That's understandable, man. I, and seriously. And the reason why I like Beverly Hills Cop 3 was, okay, this is going to be the most corniest thing. As a matter of fact, Christian Harloff does not like Part 3 at all. But there's a part. Do you remember Belky from that show, Perfect Strangers? Yes. No, I don't. No. Okay. Well, the guy Belky, he actually shows up in part two as well, or part one as I think all three of them he shows up in. But in part three, he shows up <clears throat> and he's selling gun this gun, which is ridiculous, by the way. It's this big old huge. Gatling gun, but it has a boombox attached to it. It has a microwave. It has, yeah. it has a bunch of other stuff that does not belong on a gun. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy is over there trying to shoot these bad guys at this uh, 
resort, this amusement park resort, because that's who the killer, that's actually who the killer is, is someone that works in this uh, Universal Studios kind of theme park. Mm. And he actually shot his uh, police partner in Detroit, so he actually, of course, he has to go back to Beverly Hills to try and figure out who shot him and everything, but it leads back over to that amusement park. So as he's mm. trying to shoot these guys with this giant-ass gun, all of a sudden the boom box, he actually pushes the button for the boom box on an accident, and he's just, all of a sudden a bunch of music just comes out of it and everything, and it just makes me laugh. It's just one of those movies that just make me laugh because of how corny it is. Yeah, and there's something to say with those movies that, you know, they're so corny that, like, you're not sure if they're actually trying to be serious about it or just making fun at each other, uh, like, to each other. But that being said, nonetheless, the concept of having a boombox is so ridiculous that it's kind of cool, you know? Right. (laughs) I can kill you and have my theme song at the same time. (laughs) There you go. Right. Well, you know... uh, I would love, like, if I have that kind of gun, uh, the most useful use for that gun is on a zombie apocalypse, so you can actually create distractions. Uh, they would actually, if you need, like, a decoy uh, for people to get away, you take that gun, you put that music, and at the same time, uh, you know, you put um, you put the BGs just staying alive uh, while you run. <laughs> That's great. And not only that, but it also has a grenade launcher, I think, attached to it as well. You know, in today's day and age, would it have Bluetooth? I, I, you know what, that gun has to have Bluetooth. Yeah, and and what what else? It probably like well, basically, you just you transform whatever the iWatch does and you just put it on the gun. Right. <laughs> so, what's your what's what's your next one that you have? All right, for number four. Uh, you know what? Give me a second. This one, I'm gonna read you a quote. And okay. you're going to try to guess what it is. Okay. Uh, we're going to go over your one hour and 15 as usual. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine, man. I'm perfectly okay. fine with that. All right. So, quote, 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 Sorry. It's okay. You're perfectly fine. Take your time. Okay. So here's the riddle. What does an 8,000-pound mackle shark with a brain the size of a flathead V8 engine and no natural predators think about? Well, I'm not wait. I'm not waiting around here to find out. Deep blue sea. Yeah. Okay. And it's got Thomas Jane in it. You know, I remember seeing that movie, but I want to hear your thoughts. I want to see this uh, this movie in, in theaters with my mom. Um, uh, I, I I've never seen Jaws. This like this was this was my first Jaws. Um, it, it 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 impacted me because I always remember Samuel Jackson's character doing that big speech and getting like eaten in the middle of of uh, of the scene, and like you think he'd be the leader and he'd survive, and then bam. Nope, he's dead. And such a Samuel Jackson thing to accept that role, right? It's not a big role, but it made an impact. And I don't know, something about that killer uh, shark, but with a good explanation, right? It's not just, you know, Jaws 3, it remembers and revenge. Like, it's not possible. But, you know, this whole 
there was the the whole craze of like genetically enhanced stuff and like it it was an interesting explanation saying hey we were trying to cure alzheimer's uh so we have to test on sharks incidentally they became a lot smarter uh for me it made sense as a kid and you know ll cool j was the shit in the movie he was and i remember him doing that as I walk through the shadow of the Valley of Death, I carry a big long stick because I'm the meanest motherfucker in the valley. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, and, I love that quote. <laughs> and I love the fact that I hated the main character girl so much. And I was actually happy when she died. because she, She's a dick. She's a real mm-hmm. dick. She, 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 she is not a good person. And that's what I find interesting. Usually, like, the, the heroine of these kind of, like, tragic tragedy movies or, you know, suspense movies like that are good people that are trying to do something. No, no, she's just looking out for herself, mess with nature, nature comes back to bite you in the butt. In this case, take a big chunk uh, out of your butt, but you know. <laughs> exactly. Either way it goes, you're losing an ass. You're either losing one ass cheek or you're using the, or you're losing the whole ass Both. cheek. Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then some. And, you know, I remember going to see this film in Boston. And and it was during the summertime. And, you know, I remember just couldn't wait because I love Jaws. And Jaws is one of my favorite all-time favorite horror films and everything, too. And I remember just geeking out over the science behind this film. Mm. And just at that point in time, I felt like it was a smart movie, (laughs) you know, in a certain sense. And then I'm like, at the by the time it finishes up, I'm like, okay, so you didn't spare any woman at all. <laughs> it was just Thomas Jane and LL Cool J. Yeah, well, it, it it was a different climate. But at the same time, it, it yeah, they, they could have made one woman survive. But I'm happy, like it's not because she's a woman or not. She's such a prick. Right, I'm happy she she's was. so dead. So that, you know, I do have an evil side, apparently. But, but Samuel um, Jackson's role was in this too, though. Yeah, yeah, like when he, like, say he got like eaten up in the middle of the movie during his speech, you know. <laughs> um, it, it's I was I was I remember being genuinely shocked, like, and that was that was that's what they were going for, right? And I was like, holy shit, they killed the main character, ah! <laughs> you know. It, it, it blew my mind in the source, and I loved it. And again, like I'll, I'll repeat myself, it's such a Samuel L. Jackson role, right? Right. Like no one else gives speeches as good as Samuel Jackson, and no one else says motherfucker as good as Samuel Jackson, right? That should right. be on his gravestone. I'm dead, motherfucker. Right. But uh, yeah, I love this movie. Same here, and. Whenever he's think, this is me as a kid thinking, okay, Sam, you need to wrap this up. You're near the tank. You need to. They're gonna bite you, and everything. All of a sudden, he does. I'm like, I told you, you should have moved. <laughs> like, like he can hear you, John. I, well, I was thinking that he could. I was trying to help the poor guy out. I didn't want him to lose an ass cheek. Again, <laughs> well, yeah, lost more than ass cheek, but True. hey, when a shark's hungry, man. He needs his food again right. tonight. All right. So, was there anything else that you wanted to add to that, or? Nah, we. Oh, yeah, one thing. Uh, I rewatched it recently. I still love it, but man, is the visual effects bad? It did not really? age well, which I don't care. I really, it kind of adds to the campiness 
and the the guilty pleasure feel to it because it really didn't age well. Okay, I'm gonna have to give this another shot though too because I haven't seen it in so long, so I might actually do a revisit on that. All right, so my number four is another Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Okay, it's Jingle All the Way. I don't like that movie. <laughs> I know no one does. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point of doing these. Um, yeah. That's the whole point of doing this segment, though. And the reason why, why I love it. I mean, it takes place during Christmas time. I remember as a kid going to see this film. I remember Sinbad being in this movie. I remember Arnold going crazy looking for this Turbo Man doll, which I winded up getting underneath the Christmas tree. I didn't ask for it, but my mom thought I might actually like it. Mm. So I got an Arnold Schwarzenegger action figure that I didn't even ask for. <laughs> but um, this movie is corny. It It is bad. But there's a part that I really like with Phil Hartman where he goes, I'm going to go and eat your wife's cookies. He goes, no, you're not. Put that cookie down. <laughs> no? Oh, well, yeah, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I just... I'm trying to wrap my black. I'm trying. I, I can hear your excitement. I can even taste the excitement. But I'm trying to to understand the comprehension of the excitement. Uh, I, I'm happy you love this movie, man. Bless your soul. I it found its audience. His name is John. I'm the only but one I, that probably likes. It. No, you know what? And look, uh, if ever you're listening to this, leave in the comments. Uh, if ever you can, anywhere you can. Or write to John to let uh, give give support to him, um, show him that he's not alone in this world, or maybe he is, and we we still love him the way the same way. Why? Thank you. So, all right. So, what's your number three? <laughs> all right. This is a corny ass movie. This you know, there's so many like this would not happen in real life. This is not how physics work, or like it was such a. a a producer saying I want to enter the world movie and it has to go like this and like there's not a lot of logic and everything happens so fast and yet I love this movie so much it's the day after tomorrow okay I've seen that movie it was okay you know but it was I had the you just question I had the you just question Emmy Rossum what like geek geek girl with the curly hair hello <laughs> She wasn't enough for me to save the movie. I'm sorry. I just again, like it's 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 my jingle all the way. Apparently, right. Um, but I, I love disaster movies. Something you know, except for 2012, uh, yeah. I really love the uh, disaster movies. It, there's something exciting. I've always and again, this might sound really dark, and maybe I shouldn't say this over a podcast. But hey, I'm stupid. But when I was younger i would kind of like see myself having these these stories in my head like if ever there's a there, there was a bad guy like it wasn't school shootings in my in my head you know i didn't really understand the the, the concept it was more like if there's like ninjas or commandos coming in the school it'd be like me and carl and this and that creating uh, traps and and you know trying to save people and being the hero of the uh of the story right uh and it kind of like drove my imagination to the next step which would have you know the whole world freezes over 
and you are that person to save it for me it really interests me it really sucked me in and i got involved so much in this movie and i can't tell you how many times i've seen this movie okay i'm glad that you enjoyed it man i really do i'm i'm really am psyched out that you enjoyed the day after tomorrow that's just a nice way of saying this movie sucks you should change your taste but Again, we love you as you are, Louis. And <laughs> let's pass on to the next thing because I have absolutely no good things to say about this movie. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, <laughs> so I was right. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. So, uh, when I was doing my number three, I was kind of crossed between two films. I was going to put down Fast Five. Okay. And Anaconda. I almost so, put Anaconda. I, and that's because of Brett Sheridan. I had to rewatch it recently. And guess what? I, guess what movie won? Anaconda. Yep. Snakes. I love it. <laughs> Snakes. It's like, why would you, like, like which producer, which, like, head of, uh, head of, like, studio said, let's hire, what's his name again? Oh. Uh, I can actually, when Brett does that impression, I can remember it. I can remember his name. Uh, give me a second. Um, ooh, Hold on. Anaconda. It's uh, John Voight. Yeah, like, who in the like studios decided, look, we need a Spanish Cobra or Anaconda expert that really has star presence and be really, you know, stand out in a movie and one guy said john voight i was like perfect we found our our our, uh, our spanish character he doesn't even look yeah. spanish <laughs> i love this film though man i love it ice cube in it j-lo uh, uh this them going through the jungle trying to uh look for stuff and then here's this mexican guy that they just rescue mm. out of nowhere he's like I know this place that has snakes. <laughs> uh. And just, we need to go over there if you want to go get the big one. So they go over there and get the big one. <laughs> uh. But yeah, yeah, it, 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 it is, it does stick out. Like, it is a good movie. It really is. I think Brett does a better uh, John Voight than I do, though. <laughs> yeah, well, Brett is a. Uh, He's a unique character to his own, right? Right, exactly. Uh, okay. But but yeah, yeah, like when it comes like if you would give me a choice between snakes on a plane and um and anaconda, I would actually take snakes on a plane though. Really? Okay. Samuel Jackson again. If it wasn't True. for him, it would be a you know Sharknado level Type. of budget. But since he had as uh, had uh, Samuel Jackson in it. And, you know, he can say so many times, motherfucker, uh, and it's on a plane, and it's so catchy that the title is so catchy and awesome that people actually got tattooed it before it came out. It, it, it has power. It's not on my list, it does. but it, it has power. Okay. It does have power. And I remember seeing that film, though, too, Snakes on the Plane, back in 06. Get these, get these motherfucking snakes off of this motherfucking plane. Uh, <laughs> all right. So number two, uh, again, another girl movie, and I am, I love it. Uh, again, okay, I'll give, 
No, no, no clues for this one. Okay. Uh, it, it is an interesting, almost true story based off a book that is based off true experiences. Uh, it is, um, again, my major crush back in the day, Anne Hathaway. It had heart. It had a good story. It had style. And first appearance of Emily Blunt, Devil Wears Prada. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. Now tell me how you now tell me what made you love this movie. The fact that um w- w- when I was like it's cl- close to 18, right? And I needed any excuse for my uh, ding-a-dong to get hard and she got <laughs> me hard. Uh that that's the main reason why I, I saw this movie at first because I I I kept salivating over her and she was she, you know um Tamika is Kiki. I have my 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 Hathaway. My uh, I don't know what to call her. My Wayway. She's my Wayway. Okay. Wayway. Oh, she was my Wayway <laughs> uh, back in the day. Um, I, I love. I still love her. And I went to see it, not really knowing what it was, and loved it so much. And you know, like overall, cast is amazing. Emily Blunt to be discovered in that, and. I'm gonna for those people who don't know Schmodan, I'm sorry, but Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep, uh, Meryl Streep's performance is awesome. She really conveys the boss you don't want to piss off, and really thinks there's someone else. They come, they come from another universe almost, you know. Uh, she Definitely. portrays it perfectly, and I love this movie so much that I actually bought the book after. Really? Yeah. Now that's awesome that this movie actually made you go on ahead and read a book. That's actually pretty good. Still haven't finished it. <laughs> and I revoke what I said. The intention was there. I was like, because I, right. I, I had to, um, I was dating and like kind, kind of like interested and she was interested in me too. And it, it took around like what, 40 minutes, an hour uh, bus ride. So the bus station, I actually went to the bookstore and I've just seen uh, Devil's Prada the day before, and then the book popped up. I'm like, yo, buying it with me, and then forgot I had it. And then she saw, I'm like, you're wearing Devil Wars Prada, and probably the first thing in her mind is, is he gay? Does he know he's gay? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I I had to buy it. It's something like sparked into me, and um, apparently I've heard that the 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 movie is not as good as the book. I've never finished books, I can tell you, but I love the movie. Uh, I love the performances. And yeah, Anna, Anna Hathaway did it enough for me that I think I've seen this movie over, over 100 times. Not joking. All right. Well, don't feel bad. I bought The Irishman, the book, and I haven't finished that book up yet either. So, Oh, no. Uh, you don't feel bad. Should have been directed out of the fact that I've seen this movie 100 times, not the fact that I didn't <laughs> finish the book. <laughs> Well, everybody has their thing. <laughs> You're being polite in an evil way, John. I am. <laughs> so, my number two is actually going to be 10 Things I Hate About You. Yes, 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 yes. And I love this. And it's actually based off of kind of a thing off of Shakespeare and yep. everything. Uh, the Shrewd, uh, something in The Shrewd. Right, I couldn't. Re- I can't. Couldn't remember the play, but thank you for reminding me of what that what it was. And I love this. It actually showed the level of acting that 
Heath Ledger can do, and Joseph oh, yeah. Gordon Lovett's acting. And it also represents me in high school, represents the cliques in high school. Yeah. Like, I, we actually did. We actually did have the rednecks. Mm. We still do. We have the rednecks over there. Then we have the rappers. Then we have the punk rocks, rockers, the gothic people. We had the band geeks. We had everything that you wanted in one high school. If you're not in one clique, you're probably in the other. Yeah, I'm, I was actually in the, the metalhead clique. Me too. I was in that one. Before you really go into why you like, I actually have a very important question um, that might actually change uh, change uh, everything on the show. Who's hotter, uh, Bianca or Kat? So Julia Stiles or Larissa? Who 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 you had a crush on when when you saw that movie? To be honest with you, I would have to go with Julia Stiles. Okay. I was uh, I was a a Bianca uh, guy. I love Bianca. Like something about that innocent. I got you. You like the little girl next door kind of look. Yeah, because kind you, of thing. there's things I won't mention in the show because I don't know who listens to your show, but I was about to say something, but there's reasons why I like girl next door. <laughs> I understand. I get where you're going with it on that. On that. But with me, I, I don't know. I've always went after the hardcore, edgy kind of person, I guess you can say. Yeah, you, you like the rebel. Yeah, the rebel. And that can think for herself, that's independent, that does that wants a man but doesn't need a man kind of thing mentality. Mm. And and you know, I love I love that about her. And then all of a sudden you see her character start slowly changing because of Heath Ledger's character. But yeah. I also love the part where Joseph Gordon Lovett's char- character Cameron moves in um, first day of school, he ends up uh seeing this audiovisual guy that's showing him around school. And everything you think he's like the tough shit and everything else, and also too the detention scene whenever Julia Stiles goes ahead and flashes her boobs to get him out of detention. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually good. That was really good. Yeah, and it, something so almost punk rockish about this movie, right? Like he Ledger's character is so like the tough guy, but we, it, he was well portrayed portrayed in Cassie because he is a tough guy, but he brings such a level of depth that. He is so much more, and it made it was believable, right? Um, and this movie, pretty much for me, is like the flagship movie of the two thousands of like teen comedies, right? Exactly. This is that the two thousands. That an American Pie. Oh, I loved American Pie. I can actually do a review on American Pie. Now the qu- the question is, would you eat the pie after it's been used? If it's that no. good of a pie, it's been yeah. used. No, <laughs> you have boundaries apparently. Okay. Yeah, I do. I definitely have boundaries. <laughs> uh, but yeah, okay. um, uh, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm sure there's a no. It, it. I I knew there's a. I know there's another. Oh yeah, the music. I want you to want me. To want like me. the the soundtrack yeah. was also a really interesting part of the movie. Uh, it fitted so well because you know certain teen comedies really had the, the, don't have the best music. Uh, this Most one actually, definitely. this one actually stood out. Definitely, and it felt you know it felt so real. It felt like that you were actually in that party with Bianca and also her sister. Mm, mm. You know, you yeah. actually did feel like you were a part of the party scene, and it actually showed you the pranks that 
uh, this one guy did in order the links that he would go through to be with Bianca to try and get this douchebag to date uh, the si- to go ahead and pay this other guy so that way he could take out the sister. Mm. You know, it was really good. Yeah, it was, and it's like it, it, it's not it's not like irrealistic either, right? It's it, right. it it's a kind of sort of like if you know I have a need, you have a need, let's trade. Boom. And then, you know, things ensue and, you know, people can make you change, can have an impact that, you know, you do uh, let your guard down and actually show your true self to someone, which is an interesting right. uh, concept. It's, it's, a, it's a much deeper um, message than you would usually find in a teen comedy. Definitely. And also, too, one of my other favorite scenes is when Bogey Lawrence's party whenever the guy, the geeky guy from the visual club yeah. gets revenge on him and sends all those flyers flying down there and just shows you how quick things can go awry. Mm. <laughs> you know? And yeah. it was just, it was really good. I, I really loved the archery part as well. And then Heat Ledger's t- comedic timing is really good. It was, this film is really good. All right, so I agree. Good choice. I don't know why it just completely flew under my radar, but I probably would have put it in my top 10 if I would have remembered it. Um, all right, my number one. I'm going to give you, and it, you probably know the movie from the first line, but refrain yourself. Hold yourself together, John, until the okay. three phrases are done. Okay. Hello, Mark. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. I did not hit her. I swear, <laughs> I did not hit her. I am obviously talking about the infamously what the hell is this and yet made millions. The Room. The Room. Okay, I wasn't sure if you are going with The Disaster Artist or The Room. No, the original. If if a movie was made about how terrible but yet found success of a movie that actually had so much of a call following, you make a not a documentary, not a cheap like, you know, inside look an actual movie about it, you have to, to respect the original. This movie is so bad, so head-scratchingly weird in its decision-making. Tommy Wiseau is weird. Tommy Wiseau is unique. Tommy, Tommy Wiseau is an accidental genius. He was able, you know, he did not, set out to make a comedy he did not set out to make something horrible he in his mind was making a very serious dramatic movie he you know um oh, i forgot the name uh the the actor that died that did like three movies uh dean um in the 60s 70s mm. no Something Dean, something Dean. I don't know something with cars. Oh, redeemed. I know. I know what you're talking about. Though. No, not redeemed. The the, act, the actor's name last name is Dean. D E A N. It's okay. It's okay. But he was inspired by that. Like he saw a scene in a movie, right? Uh, and uh, it impacted so much that he basically said the same lines as the actor. Uh, but his acting is so bad that it came off campy, right, and really bad. When he actually saw the his movie released, and I think you can 
you can a bit see that in, in the movie, but the real uh, in the disaster artist. But the real way it actually happened that he got so mad when people start laughing because that was not his intent. But at one point, something clicked in his head. I was not aiming for people to laugh, but they're enjoying it in a different way. But still, the key word is enjoy, right? Uh, Yes, they were laughing at it, right? But they were still laughing. It wasn't just, this is stupid, walk off, get out. People were staying and, you know, so, you know, it's a car wreck. You cannot look, look away. You have to know what's next because it's too, right. this is so bad. And he started doing uh, midnight showings. And actually, I think, I, I don't think he's there anymore, but for a very long time, had a billboard in Los Angeles saying, reserve your tickets. He has this, uh, his face on it and the room, right? And you would get these midnight showings and it would create a call following. For a movie that, you know, we, I, we still don't know why it's called The Room. It has nothing to do with a room. <laughs> like, it's the most random name. You have, you're actually in New York on a rooftop with access to New York background. And yet he decided to go for green screen New York. Why? We'll never know. But it created this this mythology and this look to it that you're like, is that a green screen? But they're actually on a building. You're like, why? And it 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 just blew my mind. And then they actually made the movie for a reason. Because this guy's a genius, not even knowing he was a genius. He just believed in something. Right. He was just he had a following too. He had people that would actually work for him and yeah. didn't know what they were actually doing on the set. <laughs> You know, yeah. Like, imagine being uh, an extra or a cast in this movie and seeing this guy. Like, now we know his story, right? It's like we know the outcome, but being in the middle, not knowing the outcome, I would have been like, uh, "I'm done." <laughs> no, I would have given up. But I would be like, "Okay, is it possible to just not put my name on IMDb because I do want to work <laughs> in the future?" <laughs> that is true. It's like, okay. Do I really want to use this guy as a reference or not? It's like devil's advocate. Yeah, <laughs> and like, what it. did I get myself into? Like, my agent should have screened this shit more, you know? <laughs> Let's see. I've, I haven't seen The Room, but I did see The Disaster Artist. So I do know what you're talking about, though. Well, at least, you, you, yeah, you got... um. You, you you got a bit of the taste, but if if you really want to to understand how awful of a movie, but a movie that you still have to watch because it just it makes so much no sense that it's 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 art on its own. It's almost like metaphysical. It's very it, it's non intentionally very smart because there's like so much things in the background. Like again, um, yeah, these are little things you can point out, but if you really look closely in the picture frames, there's no actual pictures. It's actually the stock pictures you would get when you buy the, um, uh, the frames, right? So it's just random people in picture frames. That makes no sense. Like at one point I think there's like a black couple, you know? And yeah, like it's stupid. Like there's so much like inconsistencies and that's what makes this movie good. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to check out the room then because I want to see this one. Well, if you don't want to waste your time, 
you don't have to. I'm just saying you still watch a disaster artist because it's really bad. But yeah, it, um, embrace yourself is all I gotta say. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get to my number one. Yeah. And it's a movie that I love. And I think I might be the only one on the planet that likes it. And it is Mission Impossible Two. That's why you were laughing yesterday. Yep. Okay. Okay, so um, I was making fun really bad about this movie okay. uh, on yesterday's show. Uh, for people who haven't heard it, right? I called it um, Tom Cruise hair flipping action, right? Because his f- hair kept on flipping. Um, and okay, why? Okay. What I loved about this was the opening scene where you actually see him rock climbing. And he, this is actually the very mm. first time we actually got to see Tom Cruise do his own stunts without yeah, like yeah. really a stunt double or anything like that. I was glued into that. Then also, too, whenever uh, the team actually gives him the mission and all of a sudden he takes off those glasses and all of a sudden it explodes and then it goes into the whole plot. And there's also a part in there, too, where there's this virus that's going to be taking place. And mm. he has Chimera. to fly and Yeah. You see, you actually remember the virus name. I don't. But I remember him breaking into this mansion. And then also, too, the other funny thing that I remember is, and my friends were geeking out over this in, in school. I was in eighth grade when I saw this movie. And it was the part where Tom Cruise is actually on a motorcycle, and he slaps someone upside the head with the motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a, there's a, the kick in the face of his actual kick. There's a, there's right. a lot of things that happen by accident. Right. And that's what I liked about the film, though. I mean, it was really, for me, I liked this movie because John Woo also directed uh, Face Off. Hmm. Too. But also, too, I love the soundtrack. I like. Oh, yeah. Limbiscuit, man. Yes. And then also Metallica. Hey, hey, hey. Here I go now. Here I go into this world. So I really loved I Disappear, The Butthole Surfers. You had a whole lineup of great artists, and including Scum of the Earth by Rob Zombie is on it. And there's also uh, Take a Cigar uh, version of Foo Fighters. Yep. Uh, Have a Cigar. Have a Cigar. Yep. I I remember renting uh, the soundtrack at the at the um, the municipal um, library. Oh wow! I didn't know that you can actually rent soundtracks or anything like that. That's actually back pretty in, cool. Back in the day, yeah, when it was like CDs, you know, right. and like Napster didn't exist yet. And you see, I actually bought the soundtrack. My grandmother got the soundtrack for me. Mm, nice. And I love that Limp Bizkit song. Take a look around. Oh man, what's the lyrics again? I'm a microphone abuser. Um, I'm a microphone abuser. All right, well, like we've been at this for an hour and a half. Um, I am two joints in the conversation. (laughs) Okay. And I am tired, so I don't think I'll remember the lyrics very soon. And I'm losing my voice apparently. It's okay. So we're just gonna go on ahead and cut it right now and everything so that all right okay. yeah but man it's good. been a blast it's been a blast uh doing this though this is actually 
probably we always have fun when we do our top ten list, but I think this is actually pretty much the longest that you and I've actually done a show like this where we're actually just having a good time. Yeah, you I know? completely agree. And for once, I think you maybe hated all my movies on my, <laughs> on my <laughs> list. Like, there's like rarely one you said, yes, this one's like, ha, okay. So it's, it's, it's fun to see a different side of like, I actually don't agree with you. Uh, usually, we I, I just like get movies that you forgot to, or didn't almost made your list. This one was completely different. It was fun to talk. Um, it was. But yes, thank you again for 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 having me on. Um, till 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 next crazy uh, top ten idea we'll have or movie casting or whatever it's gonna be. Uh, now, um, one thing, if you do permit me, uh, before sure. we end the show, um, sure. I just wanted to, to to share the fact that look, um, not I need help, but I definitely want to have some feedback if you enjoy me on john's podcast please listen to schmoes of the north podcast on anchor on spotify on apple on all the good platforms that you listen to your podcast to because i really want people to start writing to me subjects they want me to talk about movies they want me to watch uh, i i'm starting to get a bit uh, but I don't think people do it naturally enough. So if you're you're interested into into my work or already listening to my work and want to give some feedback, just email me at schmozernorth at gmail.com. Okay, I did my piece. Right. Thank you very much, John. You're very welcome. So and I, now I'm going to do my little plugs for a minute. And guys, I just got done interviewing Eric. And Eric was on Project Power. And he was telling me a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that him and Nicolas Cage did, Jamie Foxx, and everything else. You guys can actually catch that review. That that episode's up right now. Mm-hmm. And a matter of fact, this episode will be up tomorrow. So that'll be a little treat for Saturday. So that way mm-hmm. you guys can actually watch some, uh, listen to something on your way to wherever destination that you guys are going to. Another thing, too, is if you guys want to donate me a cup of coffee, you guys don't have to or anything like that. If you guys want to donate towards the show, you, go on ahead. Do that. Give me a cup of Java and everything and go to buymeacoffee.com slash unite. And always until next time, guys, it's been a blessing. It's been great. And always until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.